Hello and welcome to Say That, the podcast for your big questions, get real answers. My name is Matt King. I'm your host here in the city of Chicago. And joining us here is Glenn Fitzgerald, the president of Mission USA. I'm drinking Yerba Mate. That sounds made up, but okay. Also joining us, Jed Brewer, the director of Mission USA Productions. Must be nice to be drinking Yerba Mate. It is pretty nice. I'm, I'm getting, it's an energy infusion. Must be nice. Well, we're starting off with a pretty significant energy differential as it is. <laughs> Joining us all the way from Rogue Church, Tennessee, a man who will hopefully split the difference. One of the pastors of Christ Community Church, Lee Younger. Diet Dr. Pepper. My oh, man. There you go, like the Lord intended. DDP. Yes, Quite. no doubt about it. Well, we last last uh, show, we, we really got into it with the radioactive things that could bite you. Yeah. One on the superhero. You know, some people thought, you know, what would... A radioactive Billy Graham zombie movie be like we got right. some, we got some we got some we got some meetings out we got some calls out we got some thoughts sure. Sure. but uh, unfortunately I have to declare a different kind of entertainment emergency oh my Whoa. goodness is it an emergency it is an emergency of the highest order we okay. had a message come in on the social medias I'm gonna I'm gonna block I'm gonna blank the names to protect the uh, is this from the Twitter tube or the U book a little bit of both okay I'm gonna block I'm not gonna give any names because. This is this is this is dark stuff, folks. Oh, a message in from a concerned parent. Okay, yeah. Wow. Which normally parents are concerned by the things we say; they don't right. write into us as concerned. So it's right. a little weird for us. Um, caught caught my child mm. on the computer Uh-oh. Uh-oh. as you do. Oh, I think I know where this is that going. child looking at something that they shouldn't. Undoubtedly, okay. Watching God's Not Dead. Oh, two, two, oh, two. Oh, wow. Oh wow! So presumably is, they saw the first one and decided to press on through to the second. Sure, because otherwise, with the plotting and character so intricate, how could you ever catch up in the second? We one? taught you better than this, Timothy. It's we a, taught you better than this. This is a pattern of behavior. Yeah, it's, see, that's you're the thing. sequeling. Yeah, you're sequeling. <laughs> God's not dead was a gateway drug to God's not dead too. That's Question, right, Matt. You, yes, you wanted to protect the names to protect the innocent or guilty or whatever, but did their name rhyme with? Schmlanders. It did not, but in spirit, yes, there's something along the lines there. Mm. Okay, yeah, this is a crisis. Yeah. yeah, this is bad. This is an emergency. Next thing you know, you're playing Billy Graham's Bible Blaster on the N64. There, <laughs> oh, just winged him. Now it's the Unitarian, no doubt. Full conversion. <laughs> yeah, this is. Uh, you got to pay attention to what your kids look at on the internet. That's There's the thing. No you got to get one of them net nannies. For example, yeah. they shouldn't be listening to this show. No, definitely. Well, no one should. Yeah, that's, I don't. Yeah, nor should you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, um, the World Health Organization is very clear about that. Yeah, no, this show is toxic. Yeah. Yeah, but what what we're really talking about here is what sort of influences your children are experiencing. Sure. Uh, it, for example, I. Of course, have not seen God's Not Dead too because sure. I don't watch watch those kinds of movies. Sure, uh, but I have it on good authority that there are no explosions in this movie. Well, there's an emotional explosion. Only explosions of oppression. There is. There are no monkeys. There are no dinosaurs. Mm. There are no outer space aliens. There are no ninjas, and there are no pirates. Mm. Well, no, technically, we don't know if there are any ninjas because if there are good ninjas, they could be in the background, and we'd never know. Let me ask point. you this, Glenn: Would yeah. you watch a Christian movie if a sweater exploded? Yes, yes, sure, yes. 
that's he, it, this the sweater explodes and he it's a crisis because oh, it's is like he still speed. Say what? It's like speed. Yes. <laughs> He's yeah. got to exegete at a certain rate or the sweater will explode. Yeah. Right. Wow. Or, uh, yeah. Or He's in a situation where it's like he has alopecia. Yes. Okay. But it's only it's sweater alopecia. Yes. Okay. Yes. And it's like, am I still saved if I don't have a sweater on? Yes. You yes. Know? It's like a crisis of faith, and he starts walking the streets. You know. Right. He's going. You know. He's trying to 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 score a cardigan or yeah, or even just a sweater vest. You know. Yeah. And sure. It's like, whatever he can get, man. Whatever he can get, man. You know. And uh, it's like. You know he's he hits rock bottom. Yeah, and then he has to discover himself. Yes, there's your movie. Yeah, that's a movie. Sure, absolutely. That is a movie. You know, it's not a movie. Tell me, God's not dead too. Yeah, mm. <laughs> it's really not. Um, here's the thing. Now, I think Glenn is absolutely right. We, it's time to take a long, hard look at the kind of influences you're allowing into this household. Right. Yeah. But we don't want to be a show that's just just assigns blame. No, that's right. That's right. Right. Wallows in the problems. We want to. We want to forge a bold new way forward. We want to diagnose yeah. and maybe help help out here. Yes. Sure. Now, so, but I think we do have to ask some hard questions. Yeah. Um, have you ever listened to Michael W. Smith? Mm. Mm, wow. Yeah. There you go. That's did how you, it starts. Did you Did you sign up for the Pure Flix trial? Because maybe there'll be some fun stuff on there. Yeah. Some Bible yeah. Man when you were younger. Yeah. Yeah. Did you let Veggie Tales into this house? What yeah. You're talk, what you're talking about is Gateway Media. Gateway Christian Media. That's right. There's no doubt about it. I'm also, uh, I'm also talking about um, if you were alive in the '90s and saw the Just uh, Say No to Drugs PSAs, did they learn it by watching you? Yeah, right. They just scream at you and your very unpleasant mustache for some reason in that ad. Yeah, right. Learned by watching you. You, you, you I, I, look. We've all been there. The kids won't be quiet, and you got to do something. But you know. You want it to be Christian. You think it's, it's like they're vegetables, and they think about the Bible. It's great, yeah. right? Right, and it's dark. This so you could have the uh, the frying pan thing, but you know the frying pan commercial, and it's like you have oh, the yeah. egg. Like this is your earnestness. Yes, this is yes. your earnestness on God's not dead too. Yes, right. Yes, I love it. Yeah, I love now, it. What it is is delicious sizzling earnestness. We have young minds out there. Yes. Okay, and they're uh, uh, moldable. Yes, and they encounter things that they say this is reality. Sure, but it's not reality. Sure. So we have to what give them media like, for example, Jurassic Park. Yes. Say, now that's reality. Yeah, absolutely. This is real. Sure. Life finds a way. That's a warning. Right. That's just philosophical. Doctor Jeff Goldblum was correct. Yeah. Right. So, uh, th- but what happens is you get into uh, things that are theologically unsound. Mm. So, like, for example, the Blues Brothers movie. Yes. It's perfectly theologically uh, uh, accurate. Absolutely. But you, you get into some of these other movies, not so much. Yeah. yeah. I'm really enjoying the idea that there are a number of people right now listening to this, going to Google, because they've never heard of the Blues Brothers. Yes, I think this is, it, let's just say this. If you like this podcast, you will definitely like the Blues Brothers movie. And it has a lot for you. Yeah. Sure. And here is another fact. It's a musical. It's true. It is a musical. Christians love musicals. I've heard that. There, there's I've a particular heard. smile that Glenn gets when he's making a recommendation. <laughs> and yeah, that will have fallout. 
It's yeah. a very similar yeah. smile to the one that, uh, speaking of keeping dames out of things, that we once had a uh, an intern, a young man, who wanted to to be part of the, he wanted to understand the young people he was working with the bridge. He wanted to uh, dip a toe into their culture. But he right. actually, this is actually true, he did want to understand their media influences. You right. Understand? The lexicon they got, and, but he he had not listened to many of the rapists. So he right. went to, he went for help, he went for advice. He went to one Jed Brewer. Mm. Jed say, you know who I like? So I like that Rick Ross. <laughs> right. He's got oh, some my. flow. Yeah. And this freshman at the Moody Bible Institute, a fine young man, an earnest young man, a kind young man, he was not ready. No. <laughs> well, I recommended one track in particular to him, which I won't specify what it was. Yeah. But uh, so that's that's the one to start with, man, you know, because it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty easy. It's pretty straightforward. He came back the next week. I said, well, how'd it go? And he just, he just stares at the ground. Rick Ross is a dirty, dirty man. Which is true, <laughs> and definitely true based on the track that Jed recommended, which is a genre we have talked about many times of the single entendre. <laughs> this is, we're not trying to hide what yeah. this here yeah. is about. But that brings up an important point about the media influences, because not only, I think, I, look, I don't want to be an alarmist. Okay. Sure. I don't want to get people too wound up. We, we, we want to be a calming influence. We want to help people get through things. But Madam Outraged. That's that's where I start now. <laughs> but here's the thing. Let's assume we, we're assuming that you know your Veggie Tales, your Michael W. Smith. These are the gateways to God's Not Dead Two. Right. What if God's Not Dead Two is the gateway? Mm, Where does oh this goodness. dark road lead? Mm. Oh my goodness! Mm. It can only get worse from there. Yeah, I mean, you've got you. Do you have to start checking the bookshelf? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do. You know, you never know. I mean, uh, you could you there. There are just so many uh, destructive influences out there. Yeah. Uh, you know, pretty soon, you know, it's like check under the bed. Maybe there's a sweater. Yeah, sure. That's right. <laughs> you never know. They maybe start... they have a, a press-on tribal tattoo on their upper arm that only is is shown when they hold out their arms to do an opening prayer. Yeah, right. so yeah. it kind of sneaks in there. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, you know, I know. And this, this, we're not judging. No, no, no. This war- is a warning. A, a lot of teens have experimented with sweatering. Yeah, sure. And uh. And that's not, we're not here to condemn that. No. But we are saying it can lead to a lot of dangerous things. Being the campus pastor for a megachurch plant, you know, it can happen. You don't want that to happen to your child. Yeah. If you, you know, if all of a sudden your teenager shows up at at dinner, it's a, it's a, it's in the middle of the summer, but shows up at dinner with the, with the toboggan on the, on the head. That's, that's not a good sign. Yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. That you you know that child is well on the way to sweatering. Yeah, sure. Well, you know they 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 they're in the room with the door locked, the computer, and you you walk in and you say, "What are you doing?" And they they try to hide the screen, but you pop it open, and they're they're editing uh, little intro videos. It's like a car driving, and then there's the title of the sermon text below it. Right. Yeah, they're sweatering. There's really earnest media going on behind it. Yeah, yeah. They you know they looking through the J Crew catalog. Sure. You know, yeah. The whole thing. It, it what you have to do is intervene early. Yes, you know, sure. That's the key. Early detection. Mm-hmm. They've got a Chrome tab that's just nature metaphors, right? <laughs> running list, right? Yeah, like uh, yeah, practicing pictures of their journal with the coffee. Yeah, mug. Yeah. yeah. Well, they've yeah. got they've got a Instagram account that is all just experimental Bible quotes Quiet over time. sunsets. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they're experimenting, signing their names with just the first two initials, no and doubt. Their last name, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, 
Just seeing that's, what it would look like. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Got a stash of moleskin somewhere. That's right. That's right. I haven't filled them. They're just trying the different ones. You would have a lot of felt tip pins. If your kid comes downstairs with a sweater, a moleskin, a scarf, yeah, Uh-oh. and they're drinking a, 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 a expensive coffee drink with sure. a little cup with their name on the cup, you know what yeah. I mean, how they do. It's time to sit that child down. Yeah. With a fairly common kind of older Christian book, you could get, you know, your your G.K. Chesterton's, your 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 you know, Institutes of Christian Religion, but they got they went for the leather bound version, right? Yeah, in an attempt to make it look old, even though the paperback was right there, they yeah. bought it on Amazon. That's right. It's yeah. They could have got the paperback. It's important to educate yourself on the signs. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly yeah. right. That's what you need to look at. Absolutely. The warning signs of sweatering. That's right. What are the signs my child may be sweatering? And we're not trying to create a panic. No, no, no. We just it, want you to it, know. It's just if you're informed, you can you can have sit your child down and say, you know, I noticed that you were looking at some stuff on the internet. Yeah, and, and it's of, okay to be curious. It's okay to be curious. A lot of Perfectly kids natural. your age are you curious. Know, are curious about sweatering. Yeah, and you know it's it's okay. But we we need to talk about making smarter life choices. Yeah. My question for you guys is, if your child asks you for an Eno for their birthday, is it too late? Almost uh, certainly. Particularly if you live in a... If you live in, like, Kansas and there aren't any trees to attach this hammock to, right. that's rough. Okay. Okay. Well, an Eno is a hammock? Yeah, it's like a little camping. There's some very lightweight camping hammocks. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Glenn yeah. and Jed have never been to Young Life Camp. They've never experienced the... Uh, the Eno Forest, but it's it's a warning sign. <laughs> okay, it's present. Um, it's there. it's up there. With I'll, I'll try to contextualize this, please. Um, if you say, Timmy, I've noticed that the uh, the amount of times that you use um just as a filler in normal conversation, right? When and I asked, just... you know, what time is do I need to take you to practice? I said, um, just uh, just just practice. It just, um, just starts four o'clock. Right. Yeah. That's that. I'm, I'm concerned. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm right. not saying it's I'm not saying it's a problem yet, but. I'm concerned. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. You right. talk. You talk about a hedge of protection around your Legos. Yeah. Right, so right. that your brother couldn't get them. I don't know what that means. I don't think right. you know what it means either. That's, that's why right. I have issues. Yeah. Yeah. This, it, you have to look at the the language. Where are you? Where are they picking up this language? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You know, we don't use that kind of language around our house. <laughs> I didn't teach you that. That's right. Well, the good news is. You can always take Timmy and say, you know, I love you no matter what you do. Right. No, I care for you no matter what you do. But now it's going to be you, me, and the planet of the apes. Yeah. Right. And just yeah. sit down yeah. together and just, you know, the way it was meant to be. Well, you got to just shake them really hard. Exactly nope. right. No, not right. No. That's a felony. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do that anymore. Glenn was raised in Texas in a bygone yeah. era where shaking was a perfectly viable form of child rearing. It is no longer... We cannot support that. But on that basis, I declare emergency off. Also, that explains a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, 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 there's a reason we know it's not a good idea. That's I was raised right. in a similar environment. Can, one can only sustain so many smacks to the back of the head before yeah. something jars loose. That's right. Just just sit your child down and watch some monkey war. Yeah. That's, that's right. Don't hit them. It's a monkey on a horse with a gun. Speak in English. Speak in English. You're welcome, world. This is awesome. Absolutely right. That's you know the, what else is awesome, Glenn? What, you know what, what I find it? awesome? I find Bridgebox awesome. Ooh, yes. good choice. There's not, a, there's not any monkeys yet, but that's just because Jed doesn't have access to that level of CGI yet. Give it time. 
Yes, we did make a video with a unicorn puppet. Yes. About um, sexual purity. So yes. that was fun for everyone. Yeah. It was especially fun for us as the three of us walked into my apartment, past my neighbors, holding uh, camera equipment, tripods, and a bag of puppets. Yep. Yep. So those are the, those are the, the links we go to to bring you a quality Bridgebox product. Indeed. Okay. There aren't, you know, there aren't uh, puppet videos every month, unfortunately, because eventually the authorities would be notified. Yeah. But every month we can guarantee you sermons, songs, Bible studies, devotionals, lots of other good stuff, uh, all based around a topic. The uh, topic this month continues to be, what does God want me to do with my money? I have a different topic every month. There's always some extra goodies in that Bridgebox. You can check it out for yourself at missionusa.com slash Bridgebox. Only $8 a month, and it goes to support the ministry we do up here. It's an amazing thing. We are super thankful for our Bridgebox supporters. It's a great time to jump on board. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to jump to our first question here. comes in anonymously. If you have a question for us, hang out with us all the way to the end. I'll give you some ways you can touch this. This person says, I really enjoy time alone in prayer at night, but it's hard to make it happen now that I'm a newlywed and we live in a small apartment. My wife and I do pray together which is great. But if I want one-on-one time with God, I have to wait until she's gone to bed, which turns into a late night for me. I know some of you are married. Some of you are super married. Yes. How do you get alone time with God during normal hours when you're both around? So it's a good question. And Glenn, I think it's also a good question to expand out and just look at the idea of uh, how to get alone time in a world where Alone time is at a premium. So this could be like the situation our friend has here with being a newlywed in a small apartment, which all three of the guys on this show have been through. Um, That could be I'm in college and I have roommates. That could be I just live in a kind of a crowded area. Right. So maybe a good place to start is for us to define what functional alone time Mm -hmm. with God means. Does that mean you have to be the only person in the room? Yeah. And knowing that that is a priority, then how do we have some good strategy to get that? Yeah, I think the key is uh, to, well, to, to specify to the people that you're living with, in this case in a marriage, that you need alone time because mm-hmm. that's part of a healthy existence, and that you know that that the thing that that means first and foremost is I'm not engaging in conversation with you. I'm mm-hmm. not, uh, you know, uh, it, it, if there's nothing that's an emergency going on, uh, why don't you give me this time and let me do my thing? And that's important to schedule that, to designate that, to make it clear. I was trying to get it in my mind, you know, sort of how this could be a problem because, you know, you go in this room, I go in my room, and I thought, well, maybe they're living in like a studio apartment where that'd be tough. And and then I thought, well, maybe you could just designate a corner, which would be kind of funny. And then I really thought the brilliant idea would be just uh, whenever the person is wearing a special hat, Oh, sure. Like that. They're, that they're having alone time, and you can't signal. talk to them. Yeah, it's a signal, and you with a toboggan, and you put the earflaps. Sure, that's yeah. good. Secure Several the earflaps in the corner, yeah. pup tent, Just, something like that. You have a sweater on hand. That's right. <laughs> so I think what you're saying is get creative. Yeah. That's right. You know, give you an example in our house. Uh, I've learned this, and it's a it's a thing between us. But when my wife is sewing, she likes to sew. She has a hobby when she sews. When she's sewing, do not. Say hello. Do not say goodbye. Do not engage. Do not nothing. She's focusing. Tippy toe through the room. Unless the house is on fire, let the woman do what she's doing. Yep. And that and she deserves that. No question about it. And and I I have times when I need that level of you know solitude as well. So that's that's. But it's something that we've had to have a conversation about. And she's explained to me. Right. 
exactly. this is this is what I need. And I and again, I have no problems with that. I think that's good and it's healthy and whatever. Um, also, being in in any kind of uh, healthy relationship is about making adjustments. Yep. Yep. And the key to that is looking for an adjustment that will work for the unity of the household, but that will also perhaps work better than the stuff you already were doing. It's it's a bad idea to say I am I have I'm set in my ways. Yep. You're set in your ways. Let's have a clash to see who wins. Yeah, that's, that's a bad. Call. That's bad. You like to pray, you know. According to this question, it sounds like you like to pray at night. Okay, that's cool. Nothing wrong with that. We can perhaps accommodate that. But here's another thing: what about not that? Sure. Yep. Yep. Is it is it possible? If, if for example, let's say you need to get into shape and you need to to go running, and running is the most boring thing that a human being can do. Mm. So, put the prayer time with that, boom. Sure. Everything's taken care of. So, uh, so I think it's about not, it's not necessarily about how do I get what I want, mm. the way that I want it, but really looking at what's the best thing for everybody, Amen. including, including right. you, because you may find something that works better. Um, and I think that's, that's really the key that we're trying to push you towards is this idea that you can leave, uh, a, a, you can miss a lot of really good opportunities by uh, trying to put that square peg in the round hole as opposed to rethinking and experimenting, trying different things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's absolutely the the right place to start in this is you're going to have to try some things. You have to see what works for you, works for your partner, works for the two of you as a unit. And Jed, if I can get you to, to pick up there, I think this experimenting is a good idea, and again, this applies to if this marriage, if this is roommates, if this is family, if you still live with your folks. But one of the important things you have these conversations is um, there's a tone you want to strike. Sure, because it it is kind of built in. I think one of the things our, our friend may be looking at the question is if you have a vision in your mind that to want to uh, want time apart from your spouse or your roommate or whatever is something that inherently goes along with anger. Maybe you were raised in a Mm. House where there's a lot of running into a bedroom and slamming a door, that indicating leave me the absolute heck alone. Um, it, we need to recalibrate that so that not wanting someone around is for a small amount of time mm-hmm. is not a bad thing. But how do we have that conversation in a way that communicates all these things? That's a great question. I think the key thing, uh, again, whether it's with roommates or with your spouse or whatever, is to give context. Right. I mean, a lot of. A lot of requests can seem pretty arbitrary and weird if you don't explain anything about them. You know, if you if you go to your wife and say, every night at 730, I need you to not be here for 20 minutes. <laughs> and then you walk away. That's odd. Yeah, sounds yeah. mysterious. Red flag, friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if by contrast you say, you know, um, I've really been I've been missing my good quality prayer time and. Um, you know, like seven o'clock at night is kind of my most alert time of the day. You know, I'm not, you know, you know, tired for the end of the day, but I'm fully awake and I really want to get in that prayer time. And I really like that to be something where I just have total quiet and solitude, you know, to, to do that. Um, that's where I'm coming from. I, I wonder, do you have any errands that you need to run anyway that, maybe you could do around that time and I could kind of get that you'll be out. And while you're doing, while you're out, the house be quiet. I can kind of do that prayer time. I'm trying to get in. If not, no problem. We can figure something right. else out, but that's kind of the problem I'm trying to solve. And mm-hmm. this was one idea I had. And what do you think? There okay. You let's examine what we've done there. 
first, we've given context. That's very, very important. Even people who want to help you can't help you without context. Thing two is we have made this a request rather than a demand. We've said, here's something I would like to see happen. Three, we've made it collaborative. Can we work together to find a solution? Here is one idea for a solution. Perhaps you have ideas for a solution. And then four, we have solicited feedback so that it is a collaboration. In general, if you come with that tone and with that approach, no one's going to have any problem with that. I mean, you know, there's every chance your wife may say, you know, that's actually for reasons X, Y, and Z, not um, a great thing. If you can make it 8 p.m., though, I got a thing and we can do that and that. Well, now we're off to the races. She might say, why don't you run the errands? And pray while you're driving around and stuff. Exactly right. It's, you know, what, but it's, it's, if you create a, a counter proposal type environment where you're working stuff out, you're, you're going to get a better result. Yes. Absolutely. Here's, but I think, Matt, per your question, I think it's worth looking at why we don't do that. Mm-hmm. And why we don't do that is because we are ashamed of our own desires. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we feel like, I am a bad person and therefore I want bad things and the things I want are bad because I want them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't want to inconvenience other people with my silly little desires. Uh, and there's a few things. A, that's not Christianity. Uh, B, that's not tethered to reality. And C, you actually can't have healthy relationships if you live your life that way. Um, from even This is actually true from a Christian standpoint. Even from a secular standpoint, a marriage is two people helping to meet one another's needs more effectively than they could separately. Thank you. Right. That's exactly. actually what a marriage is. Right. Um, if you won't communicate your needs and desires to your spouse, they actually can't help you with them. Right. Um, you, If you get in the habit of communicating the things you want and the things you need to your to your spouse, here's what you'll find. Every once in a while, you will bring up something that is truly silly yep. and truly arbitrary yep. and truly weird and you truly don't have a point. And A, your spouse will love you anyway, right? because that's what we're doing here. And B, your, sp- your spouse might say, that is weird and arbitrary and unnecessary, but I love you. Let's see how much of that we can do right, right, just right, because right. I love you. Right. But they can't do any of that if you won't tell them what the deal is. Right, if you won't right. say, these are my needs and these are my desires. And, and give them the context and invite them to come along for the ride. Mm-hmm. If, you're, if you're married to a good person, and I have no doubt that you are, they want to help you. They want to hook you up. That's actually the point of a marriage. So get in the motion of having those conversations with that attitude, and I think you're going to see some great stuff happen. Absolutely right. I think it's a great place to pick up. Leo, I'd love to get you to close out on this. And let's let's leave the relationship thing behind for a minute. I think these guys did a great job covering that. Um, and let's look at this alone concept. Because I think sure. our friend may have a pretty narrow view of that, yeah. which is fine. Uh-huh. Come by that honestly. But you, you've heard both uh, Jed and Glenn mention the idea of go for a walk, run errands, go right. for a drive. These are all can be alone activities. There's um, if you have headphones in and you know some nice soft, uh, maybe instrumental music playing, uh, you can have good alone time in the middle oh, yeah. of a city that has three million people in it. I say from experience. So, is it worth looking at what are the goals for this kind of prayer time, and how can we fit a situation so that we get our alone time without having to physically be the only person in a space? I, I love that question, and uh, that that's a thing that, like for instance, I got a friend who has uh, who has several little kids. And so the way that he works out this, this very, I mean, if he were to try to have his alone time there in his house, like before he goes to work or something, that would be utterly impossible. So what he does is when he would normally leave for work, when he needs to be there, he leaves 25 minutes early, goes down to the coffee shop, 
throws in the headphones, opens up the book or the journal or whatever the deal, and and does that there. Um, I think that the idea of creatively finding a way to to do this, figuring out how to how to focus down, even if I'm in a crowded coffee shop, like you say, or in a public library or whatever the deal is, it is going to be part of that. And I, I love this idea of, of attacking this problem creatively and not just, not just, uh, you know, strategizing it creatively and trying to figure out, okay, well, what does alone mean? Can I be alone in the coffee shop? Can I be alone in the public library? Can I be alone at the park bench or whatever, but also trying lots of different things. Um, one of the things that that's true about the, the the human mind is that novelty is something that can wake a, a mind up. Um, so you try you you have one place you go on Mondays and Wednesdays. You got another place you go on Thursdays and Fridays, and you switch it up for you know for for whatever. And so the idea, or, you know, switch it up for Tuesday or whatever. Um, you know, trying some different things on and try you know trying stuff reevaluating, seeing how did that work? How can we, how can we try to make that fit? And especially, especially this piece of the married couple and the teamwork. I know you're saying like, let's leave the relationship behind. But when you get a couple of brains in this together, trying to say, how can we creatively take care of each other? How can the idea of how do we creatively and uh, how do we creatively care for each other? That's one of the coolest things about being married. No is doubt. that mm-hmm. there's exactly one person who has my back, if possible, more than I have my own back, and is very insightful and cool and sees the world in different ways than I do. And if you're willing to, if you're willing to stretch your definitions on all of these things, I think it has to be at night. I think I have to be alone. Well, that may be. At the same time, let's throw some novelty into that. Let's try some different stuff. Let's creatively attack this problem with some different angles, some different questions. Let's try this coffee house. Let's try this, this, uh, walking park. Let's try. Uh, I got a friend who literally he drives to a parking lot of a business that doesn't open for a while and parks there because he likes the view of that place. Mm, puts the, mm, puts the radio mm. on and sits in the car. And that's where he has that time. Um, and so, and everybody has an understanding of like, this is my spot in this city where I go. And it's mm-hmm. my it's my place. I think there's a bunch of different ways to attack this problem, but I think the key is is how can we be creative about it? How can we how can we do this with with uh, teamwork and care? And how can we look at a lot of different options and try a lot of different stuff without trying to get frustrated of like I'm never going to find this. Um, let's 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 keep trying, keep trying tons of different things, play with the variables, see what happens. See what you come up with. See what we can learn about yourself. What can you learn about what alone means? What can you learn about how your team functions in different situations? I think you can find that uh, that there are tons and tons of different ways to meet this need, but we have to be willing to talk about it, and we have to be willing to to try a bunch of different stuff and see where it lands. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely right. It comes back to something we, we talk about on this show a lot, which is um, not seeking something that feels particularly um, sanctified or holy or whatever, but seeking something that's going to get the results we're looking for. It, it, I, I know because I've been through these these times in my life myself, there's something that feels very Christian about having 
you know, the wingback chair next to the stack mm. of books and, you right. know, it's in the thing and it's, it's your, you know, a little sanctuary spot. And there's nothing wrong with that if that's what works for you, but it sounds like that's not working in this current situation. Mm-hmm. And I know that, you know, the as we mentioned, you know, the Panera Bread or walking to drop out the dry cleaning or walking the dog or, um, as we, we mentioned, you know, just driving to work, whatever all those things are. Maybe if part of your hangup is that those don't feel like particularly religious spaces, they don't feel particularly to go back to some of the a lot of the mega church joking we do. If they don't feel like they have the uh, the soft the light the correct lighting rig and the ambiance to be holy, you might need to recalibrate what you're looking to get out of a prayer time. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you're really looking to get you know get stuff out, listen to the Lord. As we mentioned, uh, I think this certainly applies through this here in Chicago. I think it does for you as well. I've had some really good prayer time while driving. Yeah, now, yeah, this can th- that can get a little expensive. Yeah, because mm-hmm. sometimes the wisdom is coming at the same time the stop sign is coming. <laughs> yeah, and the wisdom wins out. So Fair you know that, that prayer time costs us fifty dollars, but we got somewhere. Right, right. But little things like that, you know, I I'm normally driving to work and I'm listening to the uh, listen to the podcast, listen to NPR or, or rocking out to whatever my music is. Try some places where things aren't normally silent. And silence them. See what happens. Right. You know, I go to the I go to the restaurant. I don't put headphones in. Put headphones in with some light music that doesn't have lyrics to distract you. And just see what happens. As, as Lee is pointing out, very important point. It may not work, and what works for any of us right. may not work for you. But if you're willing to start with just I need time alone with the Lord, which is true, true of you, true of everyone, then you're much more likely to find that effectively and be able to have uh, people help you find that effectively than if you have things like it needs to be at my house. At night, and you know, it, yeah. and as we point out many times in the show, particularly about prayer stuff, just because that worked for you five years ago doesn't mean that it's going to work for you now. Right? Does it work for you now? Doesn't mean it's going to work in six months. This yep. is a constantly evolving thing, and we we do ourselves a great disservice to not kind of be looking for new things on that. All right, we're gonna move on to our next question here. It comes in anonymously, and it says, "How do I know the difference between God's not right now and God saying no?" That's a very good question, and Jed wants to kick us off. It is a good question, and I am sorry that God is saying no in your life right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, That is mm-hmm. a unfun thing to hear, and I'm sorry that you're dealing with that. But I'd like to ask you a slightly different question to cook on, and that is, do you know what God is saying yes to in yeah. your life? Exactly. Because uh, I, this I know to be true is there are things in your life he's not only saying yes to, he's saying, heck yes, please would you do this. There's yeah, a right. flashing red sign pointing at it. Please, 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 mm-hmm. let's go this direction. Mm-hmm. And do you know what that thing or those things are? And right. A, I ask that because you probably want to get on that, but also <laughs> because it loops back to your question. Um, when we follow the things God's saying yes to, it ends up giving clarity to the things that he was saying no or not yet to. Mm-hmm. It actually tends yes. to answer that question in the process. Yeah. Um, let me I'll give you an example of what I mean. Suppose that you were a parent and you had an adorable four-year-old child who we shall call Timmy. Mm-hmm. And Timmy has decided he loves tigers. That is his favorite thing in the whole world. And he comes to you and he says, Mom, 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 may I please have a tiger? Um, well, you have to tell Timmy, no, you, you may not have a tiger. And suppose that Timmy was a particularly sophisticated four-year-old and he said, now, Mom, is that a no or is that a no forever? Because I need, you know, I, I got to get these things sorted out. Sure. Well, it's a little bit hard to explain to Timmy because it is a no forever, kind of, but not exactly. But here's the key thing, if you're the parent, is I want to take you to this magical thing called a zoo. Right. It's going to blow your mind. Right. If you could if you could join me on the zoo thing, 
a lot of this will get sorted out. So no, you may not have a tiger, but yes, you should go to this magical place called the zoo with me. So let's do that. I'll get you a book about tigers. Exactly right. I want you to read. Everybody wins. Absolutely. You will see tigers. You will read books about tigers. You will get inspired. Here's the funny thing. You may get so inspired that you study veterinary science and you end up working for a zoo and you don't technically own a tiger, but you interact with them on a daily basis. There you go. Well, the funny thing is he still doesn't own a tiger. Right. So it is kind of no forever, right? but not in the way that he's thinking. Exactly. It's complicated, and yeah. the bigger picture answer only gets lived out if he responds to the yeses that are before him and goes down that road. Here's the thing that I've found in my life, and maybe it's true for you, is I get target lock. I have a way of saying there's this one thing that I care about. Sure. And don't try to ply me with anything else. Thank you. Don't try to distract me. Yeah. Don't try and buy me off. Yeah, with your with your blessings. Your tr- your but, blessings of goodness and yeah, other trinkets. I don't want that. I want this thing. I want a tiger. I want a tiger now. Right? <laughs> and God is very patient and very understanding, but also very unwavering, at least in my experience. This is this is the thing. God wants good stuff for you. Um, the common thing, if we're going to be honest, how do I know the difference between God's not right now and God's no is I want a significant other in my life. That's mm-hmm. more than anything else. Will I ever get married? That's that's the thing people ask that question about. Um, God wants good stuff for you. God, everybody gets married. I mean, statistically, yeah. everybody gets married. Yeah. Almost certainly, um, uh, God uh, wants you to have a healthy what relationship. if I have the gift of singleness? You do not have the gift of singleness. Okay. If you're wondering, you don't have it. Good. Um, but there may be all kinds of stuff between now and then. There may be journeys that God wants to take you through, growth that he wants to take you through, a, a season of preparation that he wants to take you through that you need to go through in order to be ready for this good thing that you want. And perhaps even to recognize this good thing that you want. One of the things that I think causes a problem for most of us, it certainly causes a problem for me, is my presumption that I would know a good thing when I see it. I say, God, give me this good thing, and I assume I would know what it looks like. But what I've found in my life is that I usually don't. Uh, God has to teach, he has to give me new eyes. He has to teach me to see in a new way in order to recognize that good thing. If he handed it to me right now, I would reject it because it doesn't look the way that I think it's right. supposed to look. Right. God wants good stuff for you. And his answer to a lot of your stuff is the heart of this request. The answer to that is yes, but it's complicated. And the way we get there is by finding the stuff he's saying yes to today and walking that path. Yeah. That's absolutely right. That's a really fantastic place to start out with that. And Lee, I'd love you to pick up right there on the on the yes, and maybe even more importantly, the today. Yeah. Because functionally, the no and the not right now, there's not a huge difference on those for right. tomorrow. But there's probably a, a difference in the way we need to continue pursuing these things. And how do we how do we know... I guess what I'm asking is, how do we know the difference between this is a no, find something else, and this is a not quite like that, find another direction? Sure. And I I imagine we're going to find that. We won't know that in the moment. We have to walk to find those differences a little bit. Yeah, I think that uh, the, the tough thing is that what we're entering into is a place where 
Not only are a lot of Christians uncomfortable, so if this feels uncomfortable, know that you're not alone. Most most Christian folks are uncomfortable with the place that we're about to talk about, but that's because um, for most of us, we have this weird thing called Christian culture. Yeah. Okay? Which is where um, someone from on high will tell you all the things that you get to like. Someone from on high will tell you all the things that you get to do and to watch and to listen to. They'll even tell you what you get to eat. Ooh. Um, so that you don't actually have any um, any any decision making. And actually, when if if everybody did it the way that that the Christian culture gurus said, no one would actually be different from anyone else. Um, so right. uh, understand that where we're about to go, kind of. It, it it breaks all that part of all that stuff apart. This is an iconoclastic kind of thought, but here's the deal. Uh if God says no, or if God says not right now, well, you live in today. You don't yep. you don't have the ability to zoom out and look at the timeline of your life outside of time. You don't live outside of time, you live in time, which means you live right now. So functionally, there is no difference experientially between no forever and not right now. Yep. Because right now is where you live. So the question is not, okay, God, are you saying no forever? Or are you saying not right now? And his answer to you might be, well, what difference does that make? Because the the real question is, Lord, what what are we doing today? Okay, this thing that I asked you for, I've been playing about it. I want a tiger. Yes. Um, <laughs> and he says, No. Well, are you saying no forever? Or are you saying not right now? No. <laughs> Don't ask me that question. Here's what I want this. You know, um, I, 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 here's what I want us to do today. My question is, can you be honest, just totally honest about, this is what I want, Lord. I want to be, I want a, a amazing relationship with an amazing Christian gal, and I want that to Day, and I want it to be fully formed, and I want the whole thing figured out, and I want us to be cruising, and I want us to have the the engagement photos on Instagram today. Um, and if he says no, okay, well, I was honest about that, so what do you actually want from me today? Well, I want you to not chicken out and go ask somebody out. Oh, that's frightening. I don't like where this conversation's going. <laughs> oh, man. You know, so, and then, you know, so, so here's the deal. C- can we be honest? Can we live in the world where we're, one, honest about our actual desires, okay? And then, two, with a posture towards the Lord, which is, I'm going to try to figure out what it is you do want from me today. I'm going to tell you like it is what I think I want. And then I'm going to try to get quiet enough and still enough to listen to the still small voice for what you're actually asking me to do today. Because the no and the not right now, feels the exact same. And this is the only moment you live in. But you have a Lord who wants to be followed. You have a shepherd who wants you to walk with him and to get, exactly like Matt said, to get into motion. And like Jed said, some of these things are going to start to become more clear as you follow the Lord today. But today is the only day that you can do anything about. The past is locked. That's over now. The future is, that is a place where you are not allowed Right now, today is where you live. 
Is it no? Is it not yet? I don't know which one of those it is, but I do know that God is calling me into something today. Do I have any interest in finding out what that is? It's not necessarily what anybody else is being called into. Let's figure out what that is, and let's have Let's also know that God does want me to be honest about what I want, even if it's crazy. He does want me to tell him that stuff. No doubt, That's a man. really fantastic way to pick that up. Glenn, I'd love to close out on this, right where Lee's picking up on to keep it on the asking thing, because mm-hmm. I think one of the misconceptions people have about uh, listening to the Lord, question, asking questions to the Lord, is that the goal is to solve the puzzle mm. of what we're supposed to be doing. Right. And then kind of slot into that, and that kind of unlocks. Yeah. As opposed to, Timmy doesn't ever actually have to stop asking for the tiger. Right. You don't want to stomp your feet and not move forward if you don't get your tiger. Right. right. But as these guys are pointing out, you know, to uh, to unmetaphor that, um, if you are not engaged tomorrow, right, um, you can keep asking for sure. That's right. You know the fairy tale Instagram photos. That's fine. That's, that's right. But it's a little bit more about what you do with the while you're asking, right? Sure. Yeah. Because if you if you keep asking, there's a biblical precedent. I mean, there's a biblical instruction to keep yes. asking. You know, it's not the the widow who asked a singular time is not right. lauded. Yeah, that's right. It's it's fine to to keep bugging God with the stuff that you want. That's again, that is sort of biblical there. Sure. Um, what will happen is you'll find out how committed you are to that thing or whether it's just a fly-by-night thing. You'll also discover maybe why you want it. The more you talk about mm-hmm. it with the Lord, the more you might realize this is kind of a weird desire, a selfish desire. You know, it's it's misplaced. But even in that, you may discover that there was sort of a bad idea that was on the top layer and a really good idea is one layer down from that. Mm-hmm. So we got rid of that bad idea and got to the good idea. That's really interesting. I'd love you to unpack this more. I think this does not get talked about enough. What, how is that different? And I know it is than the target lock thing Jed's mm-hmm. talking about of asking same question, same question, same question, yeah. and just getting a no retiring and coming back to the same question. You're talking about a very different process of, listening and staying in motion yeah. and adjusting. And what makes that different than just, no, I want it, I want it, I want it, I want it? Well, I th- it's really the petitioning element of that, you know, mm-hmm. that we're bringing our petitions to the Lord. It's, I want it, but here's why yes. I want it. Mm-hmm. Yes. The more that you talk about why you want it, then you're getting to motivations. You're, and again, you may discover this is a bad idea or, again, selfish or whatever else it is, but but that may unlock a part of this that's really cool that you want to keep. Uh, You might find that the Lord wants you to make a change first before he gives you this blessing because you need that change in order to handle that blessing. So that may come out as you're describing this. I'm ready for this. I really, I know I'm ready, Lord. I think I'm ready. I'm pretty sure I'm ready. Are you willing to be vulnerable enough to ask one person out one time? No. No. Okay, yeah. Here's, here's a, we're also, let's be honest, coming at this, from uh, sort of a uh, uh, from a, a direction of here's a thing that I want, Lord, and that's I think that is good for the honesty. That's good for the intimacy of the relationship. I think you need that, or whatever level you're on, that you need that. Okay, but that's not exactly the same thing as discovering God's will. Yes, mm-hmm. that's letting God tell you what He wants. You know. If if God has a desire for your life that you're missing, mm-hmm. 
then in other words, think of it like this. Here's one of my pet peeves. Uh, there's a there's a certain restaurant I go to, fast food restaurant, and I go in and I say, uh, I I would like a hamburger, and they say, Do you want the value meal? And I say, No, I, I don't want the value meal. I want the hamburger, and I uh, like a diet coke. Do you want the small, medium, or large? Uh, I'd like a large. Do you want fries with that? N- n- no, I don't want I don't want fries with that. Is that for here to go? And it, it's as if I am entering into a relationship where I must answer a certain number of questions yeah. in order to. And there was one gal at one particular uh, place uh, near the house here where I actually just lost my patience. And I said, you know, this will go a lot easier if you just let me tell you what I want. What I actually want. <laughs> you don't have to guess at each item on the menu and ask me. Yes. I can just tell you. Sure. And then you put it into the computer. But they, I'm sure it's like mechanized yeah. to where it, you have to tell them, that like a little thing pops up. Does that and and there's a to corporate go? training to do it in a very specific way. That's order. right. And if you don't give it to them in that order, you're just screwing them up. So just let them ask all their questions. It's weird. It's crazy. It's insane. But it's this is the life that we're living. <laughs> um, so you're tr- the, my point is I'm frustrated with they're trying to discern what it is I want by asking me a vast series of questions instead of just let me tell you what yeah. it is that I want. I think we can get into a position of doing that with the Lord. It, it, there's, there, I'm giving God my petitions. I'm telling him what I want. But I also recognize I'm. if I had a tiger, he would eat my face. Probably. Probably. So <laughs> Not a good tiger. That's, <laughs> I, but I want a tiger anyway. Yeah. So yeah. I'm saying, hey, Lord, how about a tiger? I'm kind of needing him to say no to that to, in a certain way. And some part of me knows that, but some part of me wants a tiger, so I don't care. Yeah. And both, all of that's healthy. All that's good. There's nothing wrong with any of that. But there comes to a point where I say, okay, Lord, I've, I've given my tiger agenda for this meeting here of what I think. But now let me shift the gear into what is it that you really want from my life as it pertains to tiger and also as it pertains to non-tiger-related elements of my life. <laughs> In other words, I may be saying this tiger thing would really solve all my problems, but maybe you have a much better non-tiger-related solution that I need to invest in yes. and get a hold of, and then I, you know, I'd be doing much better than if I had a tiger. So uh, I think again, I'm not talking about uh, not wanting what you want. Yeah, I think Christians will hear that, and that's that's this is not it. Uh, it's really about eliminating what we call blind spots. Everything yeah. that Jed was talking about is about filling out those areas where you, uh, what I mean by blind spot is an area where you just can't imagine that God would want something for you, that he would Mm -hmm. uh, call you to that, or that he would have you make that choice. Uh, We talk all the time when we're talking about uh, other ministry professionals we're working with, this guy has a certain problem, but if he asked the Lord about that in five minutes, he would get such an earful. He would never have this problem again, but he doesn't ask the Lord about that problem because he assumes he knows what the Lord thinks about mm-hmm. it, because it just seems so obvious and biblical and Christian and whatever else it is in that person's mind that they don't think to question it. And this is where those are the blind spots that we yeah. need to attack and get in there and say, you know, I always think this, Lord, but am I right in that? Does this make sense? Do you want something different from me? I think this is the best way, but and 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 I'm petitioning you for that, but... And I'm glad that you're his, hearing me and respecting that, but do you want something else, something better? Mm-hmm. Absolutely right. I'd like to just jump in real quick, because I, I couldn't agree more with all of that. 
The biggest blind spot that I see in Christians is this. You don't know what you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most yeah. Christians have one or two things in their lives that they're semi-obsessed on, they're semi-stuck on. But if God said, okay, we'll take care of that, that's consider that done. What else do you want? No idea. Right. Uh, and yeah. this is the funny thing is a Christian is called to submit their will to God, to say, not my will, but yours be done. But the funny thing is you can't actually do that if you don't know what your will is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, yep. you, can't, you cannot uh, submit desires to God if you do not know what your desires are. Mm-hmm. Um, you have them. You're just not clear on them. Part of the reason that we need to go to God, as both Lee and uh, Glenn are saying, and be clear, this is what I want. This is you know, this thing is so we can know what that is. God already knows, right. but but we don't. As a thought experiment for you, if you went to God and and we it's genie time, and he's going to grant your top three wishes, done, done, done. Mm-hmm. Uh, three years from now, they'll all be completely taken care of. Don't worry about it. And then God said to you, what else do you want? Most people would have to think about that a long time yep. before they could give that a response. That is a blind spot. The more that you get in the motion of telling God about what you want, big, small, and in between, a uh, sure. good idea, bad idea, everything in between, the more you can be in touch with the actual stuff you want in life, and the more you can submit that sense of your will and your desire to God and choose his will over your own. That's really a really fantastic way to put that. I think one of the things we're getting down to here is uh, it's okay to want things. God wants you to want things. It's even kind of okay to want the wrong things. Yeah. That's fine. It's fine to start on wanting the wrong things. You yeah. don't want to, you know, go whole hog after getting them once you I recognize they might be wrong, but yeah, if you're talking to the Lord about it, it's absolutely. Fine. Yeah, it is it is very rare um to hear something as a no in that no and you need to go 180 degrees the, uh, the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. It's far more likely uh, that you're going to ask for something, you're going to get talking to the Lord and you're going to hear and feel a no, but that's almost always has more of a not right now quality in the sense of not that you're going to get exactly what you want, but later on down the road, but there's something in there and it's going to get permuted into something else. If it's, you know, am I going to get X job? That may be a no and a, a no, no, and you will never have that particular job. But there, what's as these guys are talking about again, my wishes. What's the thing you like about that job? Can we find that in a better spot? That's going to be a different hookup. So as we pointed out, this this is kind of a, a thing. And it goes back to our first question of part of early, the earliest earliest steps of listening to the Lord involve a surprising amount of talking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just kind of need to talk yourself out, and you'll talk yourself into things, and you'll feel a little as as Glenn often describes it that that tuning fork when you hit on something, and then mm-hmm. you kind of followed a little more that way. So there's, there really is a r- rarely a thing of, I want this, and the answer is just no, end of conversation. Right. It tends to be always be more conversation when you're talking to the Lord. Mm-hmm. So that's the, those are the threads we want to follow to get where we're going. Absolutely. We're going to move on to our final question here. It comes in anonymously, and it says, We understand marriage is, quote, in sickness and in health, so death do you part, but what about dating and engagement? If, we're, if you're dating and your girlfriend or fiancé gets into an accident or becomes paralyzed or has a serious disease, what is the level of commitment you have? It seems wrong to break up with someone who's just been through a major injury, but it's not marriage. What is the godly, biblical approach to our significant others outside of a marriage 
Covenant. Leah, let me get you to start us off. I, one of the reasons I picked this question is I think this speaks to a fear that a lot of young folks who've never had, who may not have had a lot of relationship experience have, mm. which is, well, I could just get shanghaied into being in this forever. Right. Through social norms. Just, it could be something as extreme as this of, you know, they get in a car accident and I can't be the girl who broke up with the paralyzed dude. So I just have to do this the rest of my life or just something as benign as "Eh, there's nothing wrong with her. So I will probably just get married. It'll be, it'll be fine. So, but I think, yeah, this is, this is an important idea of kind of being guilt proof in this way. So what, what, what does commitment look like in dating? Uh, hopefully this doesn't sound cold. It's up to you. Yeah. Um, it really, really is. Um, when you, when you get married, you're locked in. We're, we're, we're doing this thing till death. Um, up until that point, you really are not. And, uh, and nobody has the right to tell you, you super are. Um, Mm -hmm. the, the funny thing is, is that. This is again this this touches back on what we talked about last time in the last question that this comes to the place where you have you have to exercise discernment and you have to be able to be honest about what you want. You have to look at honestly at what your goals are. Um is yeah. this relationship working or not? Is this are we compatible? Is this do I want to continue in this? I think that sometimes people look at either their age or they look at you know, they look at, well, everybody thinks we're cute together or um, the last few relationships I had struck out. This one seems to be going a little bit better. Therefore, I have to lean in and give this everything I have, even though I'm, if I'm, you know, if I, <laughs> you know, this is the question is, are you feeling it? Yeah. If you're not, do, do you have the right to say that if you're a Christian and if they're a Christian? Yes, you have the right to say that. Um. Uh, everything about this person is great. I'm, I'm not, I'm not that attracted to him. Are you allowed to say that? Yes, yes, yes. You're allowed to right. say that. Um, you, do you, do you have to be committed for life, even if something weird happens and you learn something? Yeah, you do not have to. You're not. If you're not married, you do not have to be committed to life. This is up to you. You exercise discernment. You listen to the voice of the Lord. You talk to people that you trust. You, f- you work your way through this day by day, and you try to figure it out. One of the things that I do think it's important to point out, when you get married to someone, um, and, and it is death to death do us part, let me promise you something. That person will have struggles that you didn't know about when, before yes. you got married to them. Okay? And let me also say this. Uh, some physical tragedy or a, a, a health problem or something like that, that may not be anywhere near as difficult to deal with and work through as the simple process of a male and a female learning how to live together in the same home. <laughs> right. As, as Glenn said Thank one you. time, uh, somebody said, you know, is this relationship a good idea? And Glenn said, no, it's a terrible idea. A guy and a girl getting together, that's a terrible, terrible idea. Right. Your job is to make it a good idea. And right. that's part of the thing with when we take yeah. vows, we take vows and we find out we don't know anything about each other. Yeah. Now, a few years in, then you start to know, this is the person that I signed up for. And by the way, I didn't know a lot of things about myself yep, yep. until a few years into this thing. And the physical tragedies that everybody thought that was going to be the hardest thing we ever faced, 
that's way less of a big deal than some of the the other stuff that people aren't even willing to talk about. Uh, I, I don't know if that makes sense, but you know, before you get married, no, you it's up to you. Your level of commitment is really, really up to you as far as the attractiveness, as far as setbacks, as far as struggles and problems and stuff like that. But you should know that whoever you're mar- whoever you marry is going to have massive hangups. Yep. Mm-hmm. There are going to be struggles you did not anticipate, you could not have predicted or prophesied. And also, you're you have massive hangups. And if right. nobody's ever told you, you're weird as crap and yep. you have crazy <laughs> stuff. Yep. That yep. no one should ever have to put up with. And right. exactly one person is going to sign up to do that for the rest of their life. God bless them. God help them. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and you, you should know this going in. We all have this stuff. And, and it's the, the, the stuff that's going to be hardest. Uh, you don't even have any idea what that's going to be yet. But I, I can almost guarantee you it's not going to be the, the disease or the car accident. That's going to be the easy stuff. Um, I, I hate to be like that. That's going to be some of the easier stuff. The, the hard stuff is going to be the day after day showing up forbearing, putting up with each other, learning each other, and stuff like that. But yeah, before you get married, you really do have the right to say, you know what, I'm out of here. And, and I know that sounds harsh, but it's right, and you should be able, you should have the freedom, the guilt-free freedom to say, I'm, I don't want this relationship. I'm, I'm going to pack it in here. Yeah, that's absolutely right. There's, there's no doubt about that. It's a fantastic place to start us off. Glenn, I'd love to get you to pick us up there. There is a um. I think there's another kind of underlying idea here that a lot of Christians get caught up in, which is that to overdo something is the, the inherently righteous thing. To, yeah. yeah. To, to, to date with a lack of commitment because dating requires no commitment is, is cheap and worldly and secular. Right. right. So if we basically just pretend like we're married, that, that'll be super awesome, right? Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's uh, crazy. Uh, uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna make this simple. Marriage is marriage. Everything else is not marriage. Yeah, ah. it's a really, binary state of being. You need to really explore that. Dating is not marriage. Not even a little, little bit. That's yeah. that's a different thing. Yeah. Also, let's be honest. Along the lines of what Lee is saying here, this is kind of a self-solving problem. If you, if this person uh, suddenly bless their heart ends up with a disability and you're turned off. If that's a jerky thing, it's kind of a good thing that you, being the jerk, leave the relationship and take your jerkiness with you. Yep, right. That way, she can move on to a quality human being. Yes, so th- this this song <laughs> all works out. It all works out. Uh, I would not have guessed that this was going to be the question in which we were toughest on the hypothetical listener. <laughs> that's right. Well, and if you if you if you look at it from the opposite point of view of staying in a relationship out of. What would this look like to my friends or whatever? Oh, man, that's, that's a terrible. bad call. Pity is, marriage is the best. Yeah, so that's, you know, that is a, a, a horrible, terrible yeah. thing. So if you want out, get out and move on. If it's a bad idea, well, you, you're rescuing this other person from having, you know, your bad idea inflicted on them. If it's, uh, if it's a, a good idea, well, then you can both move on and it's best for everyone. But I think... Um, it's important, as these fellows are talking about, to figure out what the purpose of dating is. Mm-hmm. If you if you okay. can't you can't discern what the two of those are about, and as Lee was saying, that's about this, that process of discovery and figuring out uh, what changes do I need to make? How do we we work together to create a, a, a real bond with each other, a real relationship? Um, 
I think it's about asking as well, you know, where is this going? You know, mm-hmm. that's that's the thing. Um, it, it, are we drifting further apart and we're not doing the stuff that we need to do to get closer together? You know, are, is there a complacency in that? Is there, mm. uh, it, you know, if, if we're long distance, is the long distance doing that and we're not doing enough to counteract the effect of that mm-hmm. long distance? We're dropping the ball on that. Is this a case of, uh, you know, I'm letting my work get in the way or school get in the way or whatever the things are, and I have these competing priorities and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, where is this going? Where, what, what sort of journey is this on? We use this term, and uh, we're kind of mentioning it before, this idea of we have to be serious. Mm-hmm. And that I, I think that term gets us into a lot of trouble because when, when you say serious, a lot of people say, well, that means ready to get married. Yeah. Uh, you date to find out whether you're ready to get married, so that doesn't make any sense. Um, well, th- this means then, serious means you're dating with the intent to get married. Well, I have to figure out whether I want to marry this person, so I can't intend on marrying them before I... Yeah. That doesn't quite fit. Um, so I think serious is the wrong word, again, it gets us in trouble, but it's, it's, it's about this idea of I want this relationship to progress yeah. in intimacy and in commitment and, uh, and, and having a life where we're integrated, where yeah. we're living closer and closer together. If that's not happening, that, then that relationship needs to die a natural death and we need to move on to that next person. So it's really that, that question of where is this going? That's absolutely right. I think it's a fantastic place to to take that. Uh, Jed, I will, I will get you closed out on this, and I think it's worth going back to a place where these started us off, which is this is not a black and white issue. Yeah. If this really happened, there would be a ton of extenuating circumstances. There would be a ton of input and a prayer that needed to happen and kind of stuff that you've taken on. Uh, one of the problems with boiling something down to a hypothetical is it removes all of those. Yeah. If you say yeah. basically what this person, it sounds like what this per, what somebody would want to know is, are you the kind of person who would just abandon your hypothetical paralyzed girlfriend? <laughs> yeah. Which that doesn't make any sense because right. this person doesn't exist. Right. Yep. We right. can't actually have that conversation. As, sure. As going to point out, and it's also worth pointing out. It, it, it's a weird and a uh, way that I'm uncomfortable with uh, dehumanizing people with disabilities. Yes. Right. That they would right. just be happy to have anyone want to be with them if they right. have a chronic <laughs> illness, which that's <laughs> yeah. real kind of jerky too. So yeah. in, in that sense that all hypotheticals rob us of humanity, they also rob us of these shades of gray. It's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do we, how do we fight the, the temptation to be uncomfortable with those shades to the point where we let it push us to these hard places? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, there are very few black and th- black and white things in life. Um, it, right. it turns out there are very few black and white things in the Bible. Um, uh, Christians don't talk about that very often, but it's it's actually true. Uh, the Ten Commandments says "Do not kill," and yet there's no biblical prohibition against serving in the military or the police force, right. which are both professions where you may be called upon to end a human life. David was a man after God's own heart. He killed a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. a lot. That was how he started his career. Really, was killing a guy. That was his main thing. That's a, well, you know, he's killed his tens of thousands. Yeah. So. Um, uh, very, very, very few things are black and white. Um, you know, uh, if you are, if you're having sex with someone you're not married to, that's right out. Problem. Right. Uh, but, um, it's, it's actually funny. You'd be hard pressed to find a bunch of things that would right. be like that. Yeah. Um, from that's a right. biblical standpoint. That's right. Uh, so what that means is it all depends. Um, yeah. you know, um, 
You need to know the situation. Exactly right. Exactly right. You know, we get, you know, people ask us hypothetical questions on a pretty regular basis. And our response is almost always, all depends, man. What are we, what are we dealing with here? Right, right. Be- because not only is life not a black and white thing, and, in, and the Bible is really not a black and white thing. I, you, you need to, to contemplate that. If that's a new idea for you, that's really something to, to think carefully about because it's, it's not. Um, but this is the other thing, and I think this is actually maybe messing with you more than the way you think of, of the Bible, is that life is not a movie. Right. Yeah. Um, you are trying to figure out what movie your life is and what character you are in that movie. Right. Thank you. Are you the bold, noble boyfriend that stays with his crippled girlfriend against all <laughs> odds because of the kind of character that you have? And everyone thinks you're so cool. So yeah. amazing so and sacrificial. Amazing. Wow. It's what you're going to write your book about once you're a yes. campus pastor of a megachurch plant. Yes. Here's the thing. Life is not a movie. That's right. And you are not a character in a movie. That's right. You would have and no, nobody's going to care. And no one's going to care. You would have no way of knowing this. Matt is really right. You there's something about your question not to beat up on you. We love you, but you're you're kind of dehumanizing people with disabilities. Uh you wouldn't know this about me. You wouldn't have any reason to, but uh just so you know, uh, I have people with significant physical disabilities in my immediate family. Right. Um and actually uh my parents spent large parts of their career uh working with people with profound physical and mental disabilities. Um I've actually helped with that quite a little bit. And here's the thing that you discover about people with disabilities is they're people. Right. Yep. Sure. Um yeah. and as people they go. They come in all shapes, sizes, and colors, right. and go in all directions. They right. come in the uh, popular human flavors of not jerk, but also jerk. Also jerk. Right. Yeah, right. So, for example, uh, this comes back to your question: you know, what What should you? What would you do? What would you do? Right. Well, the movie you have in your head is that this is a person that suffers a tragedy that leaves them disabled, but they it 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 creates in them a lust for life. And they go out and they see the world. It's the best thing that could have happened. And in the book that you guys co-author, because you are now (laughs) campus pastors for a mega church plant, you talk about it's the best thing that could have ever happened to us, you know? And the the title is Sometimes God's Grace is Crippling, (laughs) and it's beautiful and magical. And you got to fight with Zondervan to get the word crippled in there. They don't like it. Yeah, yeah. But it's in the Bible. It's in the Bible. That's what you have in your head. Here's the thing. Uh, And there are people that face tragedies in their life and they mm. choose to rise above that and to be extraordinary. And it, it is in a sense, the, the best thing that could have happened to them. Mm. There are also a lot of people that face personal tragedy and become embittered and yeah. angry and unpleasant and terrible. And I know those people personally. Yeah. And they're probably most people who land uh, as to the point of this uh, point somewhere in the middle. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Good days and bad days. We're, we're talking about people. So there, there yeah. are also some people who are really, Hot physically and our emotional cripples. Exactly right. It all it all works out. Here's the thing. Uh, maybe you have this girlfriend and she gets in the traffic accident and now she has a physical disability and it turns out she's just a huge jerk now. Right. She's just like, oh my gosh, she's the most negative, angry person I've ever Which met. You, you could understand a little bit. Or your relationship had a lot of uh, personality conflicts that were there whether or not she can walk. Exactly right. right. And now they're all coming to the surface. Right. Is it a good idea to break up with that person? Yes, <laughs> it super That's is. Right. Not because they do or do not have a physical disability. Right. It's because they're a huge jerk who's decided to be a huge jerk yeah you shouldn't want to be in a relationship you you can't hold up both ends of that relationship it's not a relationship exactly right but this brings us back to it all depends there aren't black and white answers you aren't in a movie you aren't a character in a in a story you've got to 
you got to do the best you can in the situation that you're in with the information that you have. So this means learning how to listen to the Lord in prayer. This means surrounding yourself with godly men and women that can be wise counselors to you, uh, and then making the best decision that you can in the moment. That's, that's it. That's, that's all you got. If that sounds terrifying to you, welcome. Yeah. That's, that's actually where the rest yeah. of us are living. We, we believe in a God that is greater than our screw-ups and greater than our bad decisions and who loves us and, and is able to make something good even out of the stuff that we get wrong. The best you can do is the best you can do, um, and you trust that God will never lead you into a situation he's not prepared to lead you out of, which is the promise that he's made you. Take it one day at a time. Amen. Amen. If you have a question for us, say that podcast at gmail.com, thebridgechicago.tumble.com, or take out the song from this month's Bridge Box this week. This is from our friend, the very talented, the very austere, the very mysterious Poolhouse Guru. Ooh. Uh, a little track uh, he did based on Psalm 24.1. It's a little different, but we think you're really going to like it. We're going to take yeah. out that. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing you can do about it. The Say That Podcast, we hope you get your tiger, but don't call us if he eats your face. <laughs> And everything in it Except the stuff that's mine, right? Because that stuff is mine, so Earth is the Lord's And everything in it Except the stuff that's mine Okay, well, if you say so Earth is the Lord's And everything in it Except the stuff that's mine That stuff is mine There was a rich man and his land produced a hearty crop. He thought to himself, what should I do? I don't have any place to store my crops. Hallelujah. Then he said, this is what I'll do. Thank you, Jesus. I will tear down my barns and build bare ones. Earth is the Lord's and all who live in it. Except, of course, for me. That stuff is mine. Earth is the Lord's and everything in it. Except the stuff that's mine. That stuff is mine. Earth is the Lord's and all who live in it. Except, of course, for me. Not really me. Earth is the Lord's and everything in it. That stuff is mine. Verse 13, you can trust me, what I lied to you, 